Today on Consequence, Tim Farley of whatstheharm.net talks about the power of anecdote. Skeptics and science educators and people who are trying to educate people about the science behind this stuff often stick very close to the science, and sometimes what they're saying is not very compelling. This is Consequence, true stories about false things, presented by the James Randi Educational Foundation. I'm Brian Thompson. On Consequence, we look at the harm caused by believing in pseudoscience, superstition, and the paranormal, and let the victims of those beliefs share their stories with you. Today, we're doing something a little bit different. You may recognize Tim Farley's voice from past episodes of Consequence. He's not a victim himself, but his website, whatstheharm.net, catalogs the media coverage of people who have been harmed by everything from storefront psychics to a belief in feng shui. I talked to him at length about his site, and we get into some of the worst offenders when it comes to peddling pseudoscience. We also touch on a deadly bar fight inspired by a disagreement over creationism. But first, I wanted to briefly invite all of you on the Amazing Adventure 2012. This is an eight-day cruise the James Randi Educational Foundation is sponsoring in December, we'll be celebrating the fact that the world probably won't end this year, no matter where the Mayan calendar stops. So come join us as we set out from Tampa, Florida, and make stops in Costa Maya, Cozumel, and the beautiful Mayan ruins of Belize. Plus, you'll get to hang out with incredible speakers like James Randi himself, paranormal investigator Ben Radford, author Jennifer Michael Hecht, and the JRAF staff as we try to entertain, educate, and not get too seasick. Find out more at amazingmeeting.com slash cruise. And be sure to book soon, because even though the world may not be ending, we are going to run out of room very quickly on this boat. Now, let's hear from Tim Farley. I started off by asking him what sort of pseudoscience seems to get the most coverage on what's the harm. I think probably the the alt the alternative medicine cases stand out, and particularly the ones where it involves a child, where the parents had to make a choice for that child. And uh, there have been a couple of notable ones where kids have gotten uh, have ended up dying on the basis of their parents uh, choosing uh, homeopathy instead of actual med- medication, and it just you know rips your heart out that uh, the parents didn't have better. Um, you know, choices, didn't make better choices for their child. And the child's, you know, stuck in the situation. They don't get to make the choice. And uh, But the, the alt-med um, in particular just kind of stands out because there's so many different forms of it. And uh, you, you can end up dead if you choose it in, in place of actual medicine. What's the most pervasive form of alt-med that causes the most harm in your opinion? Uh, it seems like uh, the two that that come up the most often are chiropractic and homeopathy. Chiropractic is interesting because there are you know certain practitioners of chiropractic who are somewhat science based, and certainly you know massage and physical therapy involving the back can be a useful thing. But uh, there's this particular problem 
with chiropractors who manipulate uh, people's necks um, and do it in a, a rapid fashion and end up inducing a stroke. And the, the entire chiropractic profession seems to be kind of in denial about this whole thing. Uh, you know, science-based medicine is always constantly analyzing what they're doing. They're always e- – even procedures and, you know, drugs that have been on the market for 100 years are still being studied uh, to, to determine their effects and their side effects. And we often abandon uh, long-used procedures when we realize that the science doesn't uh, support them anymore. But chiropractors seem unwilling to do that with uh, rapid thrust manipulation of the neck. They, they seem to be unwilling to admit that it can tear the arteries leading into your brain and cause a stroke. And it really stands out because, you know, it's one thing when you see an older person, uh, you know, someone in their 70s or 80s and they have a stroke. But if you go down my chiropractic page, uh, these are people that are 22, 24, 28, um, having a serious stroke and sometimes dying from a stroke um, uh, shortly after seeing a chiropractor. And uh, part of the problem with the whole thing is that it's hard to get a handle on how um, how prevalent this is because the reporting requirements under the various laws in the various jurisdictions are not uh, commensurate with what uh, a, a regular doctor has to report. A regular doctor has to report any sort of adverse uh, outcome to the authorities and statistics are gathered on that but chiropractors aren't necessarily required to report that and plus the the stroke can often happen hours or days later uh, based on the you know the uh, the damage to the artery and the clot moves into the brain and things like that so sometimes it's not entirely clear to the people involved that the stroke was caused by the chiropractic visit am i correct that that the award-winning famous actor from Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, Kevin Sorbo. Um, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm not sure if he ever won an award. We can fact-check that later, I guess. I'm sure he won something. Something, sure. Um, am, I, am I correct that he, he suffered some harm from a chiropractic adjustment? That is correct. That, that? that came out um, just recently uh, in the last uh, year or so. He's gone on the record that he had a chiropractic uh, manipulation and it caused uh, – um, he had a neck manipulation and then he had some sort of a, a stroke-type incident and he's fully recovered from it, fortunately for him. Uh, but uh, he talks about it publicly um, and how it affected him and uh, how he had to you know, recover for quite some time. A lot of people, like you said, don't really know that, that, there's, that there's a lot of pseudoscience behind chiropractic. They think they're just people you go in and basically they're a massage therapist for your spine. Right. Um, so what is it? What, what's the pseudoscience behind chiropr- chiropractic in a, in a nutshell? Well, it was just over a hundred years ago. Uh, a guy by the name of Palmer, uh, D. D. Palmer, uh, in Kansas, uh, believed that he cured someone's uh, deafness by manipulating their back and neck, and uh, he developed this theory that all illness was caused by 
uh, incorrect alignment of the bones in the spine. There were a lot of uh, 19th century forms of medicine that had to do with uh, bone manipulation and bone alignment. People were kind of fascinated with the human skeleton and, and how that would relate to your health. And there wasn't a lot of evidence for what they were doing, but naturally, if you massage someone's back, it feels good and whatnot, so, so certainly the patients uh, can get some, some, some positive feelings from it, and they would have these occasional positive outcomes that would reinforce what they were doing, but they actually believed, their original stuff believed that uh, all uh, life energy essentially comes in through the top of your head, they called it innate and uh, the innate comes in through the top of your head and flows through to your body, through your spine. And any place where your spine is not perfectly aligned, it would block the flow of the innate and therefore cause uh, any sort of illness. And they literally believed every illness was caused by some sort of misalignment of the spine and could be cured by that. Uh, and there's no real evidence for this. I mean, obviously, there are nerves that go down your spine, and there's certainly a lot of uh, neurological machinery in your body that depends on your spine being in good shape. But you can't cure cancer or uh, deafness or asthma by manipulating someone's spine. And they, and they refer to these manipulations as, uh, or these misalignments as subluxations. And yet, uh, and some of them will actually x-ray you. But when you say, okay, can you show me the subluxation on the, on the x-ray, how is this misaligned, that often they're like, well, you can't really see it on the x-ray. And uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a house of cards. And uh, uh, there's some interesting sort of political stuff that goes on within the chiropractic uh, uh, profession where some of them want to be more science-based and want to become more like physical therapists and prescribe drugs and do that. And there are others that want to stick with the old uh, methods and they kind of fight with each other a lot and some have uh, gained ground in certain states. In the U.S., every, each of the 50 states regulates uh, things like chiropractic differently. So some of them are uh, more in control in some states than others. But they always are having constant battles with each other, and uh, it's kind of entertaining if you're observing from outside. I'm sure it's quite painful if you're involved to get to yeah. be involved in these battles. But uh, to observe from outside and see these chiropractors just, you know, laying into each other about, uh, you know, this or that and the other thing, and when the uh, the whole thing is, you know, kind of a giant waste of time. On some yeah, years ago, years ago, I, I just I had heard that this was the case that chiropractic uh, teaches. A lot of chiropractors learn in school that that they can cure all diseases with spinal adjustments, yep. and so I called a chiropractor at random. Hello, this is Dr. Hi, uh, my name is Brian Thompson, and I was calling just to see if you could tell me. I have a, a few conditions, and uh, and I was thinking about coming in for some chiropractic treatment. I was wondering if you might be able to treat some of them, if I could, if I could tell you some of the things that are wrong. Okay, sure. I've got about a minute. Go ahead. Okay. Um, uh, I've got some lower back pain. Okay. Um, can you, and, Easy. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and uh, I've also got uh, some allergy problems. Okay. Um, go ahead. Go, go through the whole list, if you will. Okay. And I've got some uh, headaches and um, high blood pressure and uh, Cylon's disease. In which? Cylon's disease. 
Okay, I'd have to look at that. Oh, that it's, uh, it's kind of a it's a joint condition. It's kind of like um, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to explain, but it's almost it's like autoimmune. Well, it's it's it feels like um, kind of like if like kind of like I'm a robot and my joints are kind of rusting. If I mean, if that makes any sense, hmm. it's called silence disease. But does that, that sound like something that? That one's a new one. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: uh, the only thing we quote unquote treat in chiropractic is a subluxation. Okay, mm-hmm. what that is is a misalignment of the spine. It puts pressure on the nervous system, and the nervous system is what controls every other system in the body. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, the reason, for instance, that so many conditions actually do respond well to chiropractic is because when you take the pressure off the nerves in question, then the body can heal itself. So, for instance, uh, you talked about um, allergies. Mm-hmm. We've, we've had a lot of patients who have had good results with their adjustments because taking pressure off the nervous system has apparently uh, also allowed their immune system to work in, uh, in better balance and, and thus they don't have as many issues, or maybe none at all. Well, I told your receptionist a minute ago that, uh, you know, I'd been to my regular doctor, and he wanted to put me on a, a, on a, a, some medications and right, uh, right. do some surgery, and, and, and I talked to him about going to chiropractic because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't need to go through all that. And, uh, and he mentioned the, the subluxations. He, he said that, uh, that those aren't real. <laughs> well, um, if, he, if he can show me his chiropractic degree then I'll tend to believe him. <laughs> yeah, he's just, I mean, he's, he's just got like, you know, like a medical degree. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, exactly. anybody, anybody can get one of those. It's different, you know? Mm-hmm. Medi- uh, the, the, the medical doctors go to, chiro- to college for, to learn medicine and surgery, and chiropractors go to learn chiropractic. We go roughly the same number of hours. We just study different things. I wouldn't presume to diagnose you for a heart disease, uh, and at the same time, I, w- I also won't tell you that it doesn't exist. Uh, Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you probably wouldn't go to your MD if you had if you needed a root canal, for instance. Now, would you recommend that I bring my my? I've got a, a little boy. He's uh, he's ten. His name is Derek. Uh, would you recommend that I bring him in? Uh, he's got he's got some problems also. He's he's got some he's got he's been diagnosed with ADHD and he has some ear infections and he's also suffering from progeria. Why don't you make an appointment with for uh, to come in do a consultation and we'll talk about all that. Okay, and you might be able to help my, my son with his ear infections and his progeria? Uh, it's possible. Oh, thank God. That progeria is a killer. But even still, it's it's sort of anecdotal evidence. Right. So have you ever gotten that criticism that these are just, uh, that your website, What's the Harm, is just a series of anecdotes? Yeah, and, and, I, and I cop to that completely. In fact, when I first designed the site, I, I sort of pitched it to the skeptics, and that was what I was expecting. I was expecting to get yelled at that, oh, you're just building a giant collection of anecdotes because we, 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 we folks that are involved in science education talk about the fact that anecdotes are not data, that, that a single case in a medical situation doesn't really tell you anything. You need to study hundreds of cases before you learn anything about what the correct way to proceed is. And, um, but the problem is, is that uh, skept- uh, you know, skeptics and science educators and people who are trying to educate people about the science behind this stuff um, – Often stick very close to the science, and and sometimes what they're saying cannot be very is not very compelling, and um, 
But the thing about the alt-med people and the chiropractors and whatnot is you go to their websites and they often tell these, these success stories and these testimonials and they're very compelling stories about I had this problem and I went to my chiropractor and it was completely solved. My regular doctor couldn't solve it for me. And uh, people are storytelling animals. Uh, you know, we love stories. Our brains are built to listen, to listen to stories and to react to stories of what other people have experienced. So they can be very compelling. So I felt like there was a place for a collection of these stories for science advocates to use to talk about these concepts. It's not the complete solution. It's not certainly the only tool you would use to talk about chiropractic to someone, but it can be, or homeopathy or any of the other topics, but it can be a, a, a tool that you use in a specific situation. So if someone tells you a anecdote, a positive anecdote, then you can counter that with a uh, a counter anecdote where someone else had a, a a negative problem, and then proceed on to talk more about the science behind it and the and the data that that actually backs this up. We'll get back to Tim in just a second, but I wanted to take a moment to ask you a favor. If you like Consequence, please take a minute and leave us a good review on iTunes. It really does a lot toward promoting the show to new listeners. And if you or someone you know has had an experience with pseudoscience or the paranormal and wants to share it with us, it's easy. Just email consequence at randy.org. That's consequence at r-a-n-d-i dot o-r-g. Now, let's get back to the show. Do you think that there's any difference between something like uh, chiropractic or homeopathy where people... I think by and large make the choice to go to these things and and other things like where where people are preyed upon. Uh do you do you think that there's any any validity to the argument that you know just let people do what they want to do if they hurt themselves it's their own fault. Right. Um yeah, there always is sort of a yeah, a sliding scale of um uh, fault basically in these stories often the the person themselves has some role in 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 their fate they chose to go to the homeopath they chose not to take their uh, chemotherapy or whatever it was but in other cases it's much more of an indoctrination thing and they were led to believe this and they didn't you know they didn't feel like they had a choice um, because their parents told them that this was what they should believe, especially in the religious and the s- supernatural things. Uh, people often believe things through indoctrination, and it's not really as much of a choice. And, but, and then you have to weigh that against the, what the protect- practitioner is doing and what they are claiming to people in terms of what they're capable of doing. And, for instance, that chiropractor who told you that he could cure a disease that he had just heard of for the first time in, during the phone call, you know, they, they just have, uh, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes whether they're being deliberately deceiving or they just ha- are completely overconfident in their own abilities, uh, that they feel like they can cure anything because they've had so much success in their career and they're self, they end up being self-deluded. Uh, you know, because no one's ever pushed back on them and said, "Hey, did you ever consider the possibility that many of your patients were actually getting better on themselves, and it didn't really matter that they came to you when they did?" Um, 
I don't think a lot of these folks have, have really seriously considered it. But there's there's an interesting thing that goes on with chiropractic where if you and it's really not hard to find these sites if you if you Google uh, chiropractic uh, practice building, uh, you'll find many 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 sites of consultants who do nothing but talk to chiropractors and teach them methods to build their business up and find new patients and in particular convince their patients that they need to keep coming to the chiropractor and to sell them other products and often you'll find chiropractors who have branched out and are dealing in other uh, forms of alternative medicine uh, there used to be a chiropractor right outside the back entrance of where I live, and he had these giant posters for um, Suzanne Summers and Oprah Winfrey, uh, and he was clearly selling some uh, hormone replacement therapy or something that Suzanne Summers was pushing, which has nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing to do with chiropractic, but it was a way to essentially sell an add-on to upsell his patients on some other alt-med thing. Let's let's talk about some of the the more obscure things on the site. I mean, there are things that cause a lot of obvious harm, or at least obvious to, to people who look up the science, homeopathy and, right. and chiropractic and um, AIDS denial, vaccine denial, things like that. But then you've also got a section on feng shui. Feng shui, which, yeah. So okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh, as a case of harm caused by feng shui. For, for those that don't know, feng shui is this belief in 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 the arrangement of the things in your house, your furniture, your decorations, and things like that can affect your life, your luck, your happiness, your sadness. Uh, that seems pretty innocuous. So, yeah, and uh, I use some of these. You have to search a little bit to find these cases, um, and a lot of these cases where the belief system is only held in uh, countries where English is not the primary language. It's very hard to find the news stories because you have to find us. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't speak uh, any Asian languages, so uh, I have to find sources that are in English. So, but uh, the the probably the standout story on the Feng Shui page is the one right at the top, which was a, a story for, out of Malaysia where there were two families um, that had kind of a, you know, they didn't get along with each other and they lived across the street from each other. Um, and they were feuding a bit, but they both believed in feng shui. And apparently in feng shui, one of the things that you can do, aside from rearranging your furniture and, and designing your house a certain way and painting the, I think you can paint the door of the front door of your house a certain color, you can also mount a certain kind of mirror on the outside of your house and it will reflect bad luck away from your house, supposedly. Well, one of the families put one of these mirrors up on their house, and the mirror happened because the houses were directly across the street from each other. The mirror was supposedly reflecting the bad luck onto the other family's house. And the other family, I think, also put a mirror up that was reflecting the allegedly reflecting the bad luck back to the first family and an argument ensued and it turned into basically a brawl in the street and one of those people stabbed one of the other ones with an, uh, a knife and he ended up dying. Hmm. So a guy got stabbed to death over the fact that there were two mirrors mounted on the outside of their house, which shows you how deep some of these belief systems. Now, you could argue, well, these families hated each other you know, maybe that would have happened anyway. 
Um, I perhaps, uh, you know, people always point that out in the can- cases that involve cancer. Of course, anytime you get cancer, you can potentially die or any sort of uh, life threatening disease. So, isn't it just the cancer that? killed that person in this case isn't it just the feud that killed that person but i like to look at it in the way that the courts look at um, court cases and there's a, con- a concept called proximate cause where if 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 you took some action that made something more likely to happen then you were part of the cause of that event even if someone else had to also take some other action for it to happen so you can be at, in part of the cause of some uh, deadly actions. So try to point that out. A lot of the feng shui stuff ends up being um, money. Uh, for instance, costly um, renovations to change the feng shui. There's one that I haven't put on the site and it has to do with a um, uh, Ferris wheel in Singapore, I believe. And it was one of these, you know, the, like the Millennium wheel in London, one of these giant Ferris wheels that's built as a tourist attraction, and they built it next to uh, the water in, I believe, in Singapore, and it was rotating, according to the feng shui experts, it was rotating the wrong way uh, mm-hmm. because it was rotating in such a way that it would uh, cause the bad luck lo- or the, cause the good luck and the good fortune to flow, essentially pumping the good fortune out of the town and... Um, away from the people who live there. So they demanded that they reverse the rotation of the Ferris wheel. Well, when you build a, you know, a 200-foot-high Ferris wheel, or however big it was, uh, reversing it is not just a simple switch, uh, flip of a switch. It took, and it took several hundred thousand dollars of renovations to the Ferris wheel to uh, make everybody happy with it. And, so do you see patterns? Do you see patterns... Um, things that become popular for a while or fall out of fashion, uh, some things that people get into and then people sort of forget about and can they come back later? Yeah, I, I guess to a certain extent. I, I've only been doing the site for about four years and uh, so some of these things kind of ebb and flow over a period of decades um, and I have sort of made a rule on the site that I don't put up any very old cases. Like, you know, you could certainly dig back and, and find cases like these from the 1900s or 1800s or, you know, 500 years ago. But I don't feel like those are very compelling because, of course, people were doing silly, inadvisable things 500 years ago. I don't think that's any surprise. There were, you know, lynch mobs and wars and all sorts of things that were going on. 500 years ago. Um, so I like to stick with 20, 20th and 21st century stories that are you know, modern people who you would think would have more sense than to do these sorts of things. Have you ever gotten any flack from people, from chiropractors or other alternative medicine practitioners? I know, I know you have a section on Scientology. Uh, have you ever been forced to marry Katie Holmes and then forced to divorce? <laughs> no, that hasn't happened. I got a little bit worried when I built the Scientology page because you, you hear horror stories about them getting angry uh, at people who criticized the church. 
But so far, I had one person, I think, emailed me, and I was a little worried one day that maybe they, they had some connection to the church. But uh, uh, there was just one email, and I replied to him, and he never replied again. But, yeah, I do actually have uh, – they tend to pop up every so often. Someone uh, emails me, uh, and they're usually quite indignant uh, that, you know, clearly I must be uh, paid by someone – to do these things, because why would I? Why would I have a website and if I wasn't being paid? Um, and they'll start often start with insults, um, and uh, you know, very very negative right out of the shoot. Um, one of them, uh, I, I kind of laughed because someone co- part of their complaint was that it was uh, difficult to find out how to contact me. Um, <laughs> but by definition, they had successfully contacted me or I wouldn't uh-huh. have been able to see what they were saying. So I don't, I, I didn't really understand that argument. Uh, you know, that, <laughs> hiding behind your public email address. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's right there on the site. And I've had people, you know, email me and say that I'm, uh, you know, Oh, you're this mysterious unnamed person. And it's like, well, you know, there's a, a frequently asked questions page linked right on the, right near the top of the site and if you go to that page it tells you exactly who I am and where I live and uh, why I do this but uh, people don't tend to dig very deeply but I found that uh, you know I occasionally try to write to some of those people and in general it's it never goes very far uh, usually they're very entrenched in their belief system and they're not interested in having a a rational argument about it. Although I did have one uh, evangelical minister write to me um, about a case I had on a a page about people believing in creationism and uh, and evolution. And there was a guy who was um, essentially, essentially to oversimplify the case, he was killed in a bar fight because he believed in evolution. Hmm. And he, this minister wrote me this big, long um, – he had misread the story. And he had – you know, my stories are written to be very factual and for technical reasons, the way the site is set up, the description on each story is very short. So I don't go into a lot of detail or storytelling, and that's something I, I plan to uh, remedy. Uh, but uh, – so the I guess the the description on this particular story was too short, and he sort of lost the thread, and he thought it was the Darwinist or the evolution believer who had killed the creationist when it was actually the other way around. So he wrote me this long essay about how this yes see see this case shows how people who believe in evolution have no respect for life because look how this evolutionist killed this guy just because he believed in creation he completely had the story backwards. Wow! And then when I pointed that out to him, uh, he backed off and said, "Oh oh oh, I'm so sorry." Uh, well. I think my basic point that evolution is wrong is still stand. <laughs> and uh, well, sure. Again, we all know that a creationist has never killed anyone. No, of course not. It's never happened. Yeah, he was very so polite, did... but other people have been very rude. And the, the, the typical thing is to accuse me of being in the pocket of big pharma. And the most common suggestion is that, well, why don't you have? 
conventional medicine and chemotherapy listed as one of your topics because they kill thousands of people per year. And I always respond and say, well, because it's my website and I chose not to do that, you can, you're certainly free to build your own website where you do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but I can, I can understand where they're coming from with that. You must get a lot of people who come in and they, they, they're, they're, I don't know if zealots is the right word, but people who are, are true believers in a lot of the things that, that That's right. you criticize by putting forth these stories. I mean, how do you how do you reach out to the public? Do you think that your site reaches out to people who might be on the way to being harmed by the topics that you covered or have already been harmed by the topics that you cover? Who do you think the site is speaking to? Well, I, I originally intended it as a tool for skeptics to use um, in, you know, when you need to debate a believer or anyone. I hope that I'm reaching people. And I, I do believe that trying to reach potential uh, customers, if you want to use a simple term, of these of these practices is a primary thing that I want to focus on. Because I believe that people who have already adopted these practices, be it homeopathy or you know talking with ghosts or any of any of these things once you once you have adopted the belief system it's very very hard for something as simple as a website to convince you otherwise and people will rationalize the stories they'll say well for instance this feng shui guy that was just a feud between two families that really didn't have too much to do with the feng shui um Perhaps the feng shui actually delayed the feud and he would have been killed years before. Who knows? Uh, so mm -hmm. people will always find a way through you know, motivated reasoning to, and cognitive dissonance to, to reason their way out of why these things uh, don't work. But I hope that maybe I can reach people who aren't invested in these things already, maybe are considering going to a homeopath or considering going to a psychic or a fortune teller, and then they see these stories and perhaps think a little bit twice, think about the possibility of, hey, you know, how could I tell whether or not this psychic that I'm about to go to is actually a scamster um, as opposed to someone who's honestly believes they can see into the future. Uh, you know, how would you determine that as a customer? So I, I hope to do that. Um, I'm not sure how effective I've been, but you know, you just keep trying. That's all the time we have for consequence. Special thanks to Tim Farley please check out his website at whatstheharm.net. And if you've been harmed by pseudoscience, superstition, or the paranormal, and you want to share your story on the show, please get in touch by emailing consequence at randy.org, consequence at r-a-n-d-i dot o-r-g. Consequence is a production of the James Randi Educational Foundation. To find out more about the JRF's mission to promote science, skepticism, and critical thinking, just visit randy.org. Consequence is produced by me, Brian Thompson, and our music is by Planet Shifter. Thanks for listening.